Welcome to Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. You know the drill. Go to manscaped.com slash house, and you can get 20% off your order and free shipping. This is episode 105. That's Will, and I am Jake. Um, Man, college basketball started with an effing bang this week. Uh, Champions Classic goes to double overtime with Michigan State and Kentucky. Um, after a really mid first week, we're in the full swing of it. Michigan uh, State does not fuck around. They are no, a good they're not team. fucking around. They are they, a good team, and we talked about it on the House of College Hoop Show. A bunch of other podcasts in our network talked about it. They go, don't sleep on, on Izzo's Michigan State Spartans, and what do you know? They're taking this heavy-ass schedule right by the horns, and you know they knock down a Kentucky team, and if they're not in the top 25, if they're not in the top 15, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I'm certainly going to put them – I'm putting them high. I might put them egregiously high this week. Gary Parrish had them at number five. You, lo- you lose by one to Gonzaga, and then you beat Kentucky, both top five teams. You got to be in there. Yeah. Um, God, who's the kid's name? The kid from Northeastern. The tra- Tyson Walker. Legit. Maddie Sissoko, legit. He was slamming stuff left and right. You know who else was legit? Malik Hall and Joey Hauser is still on this team. Joey Hauser's hopped around a few programs now. You wouldn't be able to tell. He's crushing it. He was draining threes left and right last night. Unbelievable. I'm pretty pumped for games like this. You got Gonzaga, Texas going on now. Then Gonzaga's going to play Kentucky. That's a big revenge game for Kentucky. If I, I don't know what the rankings will look like if if Kentucky pulls that off, because that top ten is monstrous this year. And we're in that weird area of sports where everything's just colliding too. Football down the final stretch or week eleven, if you could believe it. Um, too much to cover. Too much to cover. Even with like. You lose baseball, and I feel like things just are getting busier. Yes, they are. Um, yeah. Well, actually, agency. baseball's not even done because free agency. And that's honestly more yeah. – free agency is more to cover and more to talk about than the dog days of April and, like, the slow days of, like, summer baseball, like a 1 p.m. game on a Tuesday. I agree. It's uh, crazy shit. Um, and we've got a guest here to talk about sports with us. And there's some business in there. There's some, maybe we cover beer. We cover liquor for sure. No drinking. Uh, yeah. Hall of Fame guest, Eric Dunn. He is the third person to have this honor, right? John Fanta, Dave Silverman, yeah. and Eric V. Dunn. Reverend Eric Dunn on Twitter. Uh well, I mean, what more can we say? Eric is a Vine OG. Uh, we've been tight with him since 2018 when he came to Bryant, and you and I picked him up at the airport. Uh, what a freaking weekend that was. We were vibing out. We were doing all this cool shit, um, and Eric has been one of those guys that stuck around, uh, has really made a a great name for himself, was a Vine star, as everybody knows, but Obviously, you'd probably piss him off if you said it's Eric Dunn from Vine. Um, doing a lot of cool stuff for charity. He's going to Qatar for the World Cup as well. So let's get into our conversation with Hall of Fame guest, Eric Dunn. All right, everybody. With us this week, we got recurring guest and now Hall of Fame guest. Eric oh. V. Dunn is a Hall of Fame Beers, Business, and Balls podcast recipient. Longtime friend of the program, and uh, we are always happy to have him on. So, Eric, congratulations, and uh, how's everything going? Thank you. I've never been in the Hall of Fame of anything, so I gladly accept this award. So we we beat the Jaguars for uh, enshrining you. So we'll we'll hang that one in the rafters. Well, they'll never enshrine me. So that was <laughs> you were very fat because that'll never happen. But I'm doing well, man. That's my first Zoom on a phone. So this is also a first. Um, I did not know the orientation changed if you hold it sideways. So I I enjoy that feature. <laughs> Dude, we've had you in, I think, so this is obviously another episode. The last one 
you started off with a banger. It was Welcome to the Couch. We had you with the full-blown mic on the couch. I don't know where you were before, but I feel like we've got you in just about every environment. Now we just need you, like, at a Jags game or something like that. Hell, yeah. I'll do one at the Jags game. Maybe the, <laughs> maybe the, last, maybe the last one of the season. That'll be in the new year, so it'll work for our annual call. Who anyway, are they playing? We're finishing the season with the Titans at home. Oh, I was going to say, it'll be it'll be nice and quiet. Perfect. I love finishing the season at home, too. It's great. Great send-off. But, yeah, happy to be back on your podcast. How are you guys doing? Excellent. We're doing well. I mean, I guess we could start it off with the Jags, and I know Zimmer said it off the call, but, you know, how do you feel about every time you're in the building, they lose? On a road game. <laughs> this is road game strictly, yes. This is – There's there are pleas – from your pod listeners out to make you stop going to road games because all the Jags do is lose. How do you, what is your comment to this allegation? I think that can just attest to my content grind because if people can associate me going to a road game and the Jags losing, that means I'm doing something right because they're not blaming any other fans. No, they're not talking about any other fans. So I must be the only Jags fan out here, the Jags content creator. Name me another Jags content creator that's going to away games, documenting them, and sitting through all of these losses every single year now. Only me. So I get it. I get the blame, but it's not me. The Jags are historically bad. And especially when I started going to road games in 2019, they were headed to the pits. They won one game in 2020. Then Urban Meyer came and ruined everything. So they just happened to lose all the road games instead of the home games that I was at. So I've seen a lot of wins at home. Not a lot, but I've seen more, way more wins at home. But the only time I've seen the Jags win away from Jacksonville was 2019 against the Bengals and Gardner Minshew was starting. So it's been three years since I've seen the Jags win on the road, but we have two more chances. <clears throat> I'm going to Detroit and I'm going to the New York Jets. And if we lose both of those, then I'll accept blame because those are two winnable games. And if we can't beat one of them, if we even if we like get swept, then I'm done. I'm not done, but you can blame me for the rest of however long this keeps lasting. You can keep blaming me because we lose the Lions and Jets, man. I'm just going to be like, it's got, it's got to be me. <laughs> Those teams are not – I mean, Jets are, Jets are better this year, but they're not unbeatable, you know. It's the Jets still. Yeah, it's like Zach Wilson sucks. I'm sorry. He, yeah. He's just not him. Before Brees, Hall, before Brees Hall got injured, he was carrying that team, and the Jets' defense is carrying them. Zach Wilson has to game manage like Daniel Jones for them to not lose a game. Are you going to accept that the Giants are a good team? I mean, they're well coached. I don't know if they're a good team, but they're well coached. Uh, they are one game away. Are you a Giants fan? I am. I am. They are one game away from first place in the NFC, so that's great. But I need to see y'all against the Cowboys this weekend because you gotta you gotta have to put up against other playoff teams. So, um, well, we got Lions like first, then Cowboys. Oh, you got Lions first? Yeah, Cowboys is a Thanksgiving matchup. Oh, oh, that's right. That's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Uh, especially if you beat the Lions, then playing the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, that'll be – if you guys win that, then I feel like Giants fans should not get any hate after that until they lose. That's We've got a weird Thanksgiving slate, too. It's the it's the Bills and Lions, which, I don't know, the Lions cover plus 10, possibly. Um mm. The way they've been playing, they're kind of just – or the way the Bills have been playing – I mean, um, you know, do yeah. I have to punch him in the mouth at Ford Field on Thanksgiving? I don't know. No. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Josh Allen, you're putting Josh Allen in a dome against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. He's going to tear them up. Yeah, true. If he's healthy. You know what they should do is play Tom Kennedy two-way. They should just make him a quarterback. And to also Kennedy. have him, like, they, they'll put him on D. And they'll also have him running routes and like trucking guys. So he'll get his one reception <laughs> for 15 yards every game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that 
matchup, mostly because I have Josh Allen fantasy and the guy I'm playing is second and I'm first. So I need Josh Allen to get like 40 on the Lions. He might. He might. Yeah. Uh, Giants, Cowboys. Is, Cowboys are minus seven on Thanksgiving. And then the, the night game's weird. The Patriots are back in it. Pats, Vikings. Um, Damn, those know. are pretty good games for Thanksgiving. Yeah, those aren't that bad. It's uh, it, it should be pretty competitive. I, I don't – I also – you can tell Andy this or he can listen, but I can't believe he's giving New England so much hate lately. Uh, I feel like every time you guys make your picks – He's betting against New England. Um, I don't know if that's a personal vendetta, but I don't know. I guess so, sure. like half of them he's right because the Patriots suck. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Well, I I think for this weekend you guys are minus three against the Jets. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty comfortable on that. I don't know. It's a home game. The Jets are. I I think the Jets are overrated, but that so, might be a little biased in me. I don't know. Patriots, they went to the playoffs last year, but they've been struggling this year. So um, I picked up Jets defense for this week. Sorry. But um, when you listen to our episode, I will be picking the Jets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry in advance. Because the, what, the first game was 22 17, right? And yeah. who won that? Was it the Jets? New or the yeah, New England won. Yep. So that was pretty close spread. I think it'll be even closer this time. Interesting. Even with um, even the Pats on the road winning by five, you're gonna you're gonna take the Jets plus three and a half here. Interesting. Yeah, those okay. teams are uh, pretty close in distance. <laughs> That's true. The travel travel won't, travel won't really be a factor, and I'm not sure yeah. if uh, the home field advantage for either of those crowds is really affecting a game like yeah. it would Arrowhead. Yeah, it's not great in New England this year. Um, the over-under is a, a dismal 38. Wow. That's awful. What's the, what's, the, I, what's the temp? What's the weather? Uh, it's going to be like 40. Oh, it's not even cold yet. Let's see. It's gonna yeah, be, it was, uh, it was gonna be 40. actually 37. 37 in New England. It was 40 in Kansas City this past Sunday. It felt nice. Ooh. Sun was out. Nice, man. You're 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 in Florida. How's forty nice? The sun was out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. So let's swing like, it back to the Jags, though. I mean, what's wrong with the team? They're new. <laughs> they just they're just new. But I'm not a stats guy. But if you follow football on the analytical side, the Jags lead a lot of the categories. Like. I think they're first and first downs but that could mean that they're just not um great at explosive plays but they're good at moving the ball down the field uh one first down at a time that's one thing i have noticed with this team because while watching this team over the years it's frustrating because they couldn't even convert a first down couldn't couldn't buy one um but this year uh first preseason game i went to uh they were moving that ball against the, I think it was the Browns. Yeah, because Deshaun Watson played. Uh, they were moving the ball like pretty easily on the Browns. So I was like, man, I know it's preseason, but if this team can do this, I'm going to be happy because that's one of the things that I wanted to see from the Jags this year was just to just to get first downs, keep extending the play, keep the punter off the field. So we've been doing that. But our main problem this year, we fixed the first downs, but we can't score in the red zone. And that's been getting better week after week. But it's been horrible. The, we're on the bye week this week. So first half of the season, it's been pretty awful. Trevor's had some terrible interceptions in the red zone. But week by week, I can see he's learning. He's growing, fixing his mistakes. He's having good games. So um, I think it's just the fact that everybody's brand. It's literally a brand new team. Trevor's a brand new person this season. Um, coached under Urban Meyer. Who the hell knows what he learned? Probably nothing. So he maybe took three steps back coming before coming into the season. And now he has Christian Kirk, who's pr looking pretty good. Uh, Zay Jones is a good wide receiver three for us. He, he gets a lot of targets and doesn't drop a lot of balls. He's not going to be, you know, your big time playmaker, but he's going to grab a first down on a fourth down or something like that. So they have all these pieces that they acquired and they're moving the ball, but they have to finish drives. I think the worst part about this team right now 
is our pass rush and our secondary. <clears throat> that's, uh, that's what we're going to have to focus on next year, I think. And then getting Trevor, maybe that wide receiver one and Calvin Ridley. I don't even remember how he played, but the highlights look good on YouTube. But I'm going to have to see if he's still the same Calvin Ridley like he was in the Falcons. But if he is, I think that's going to be in tremendous help to Trevor. It's just going to open up the passing game for Kirk and others, just like you see when Jamar Chase is on the field with the Bengals. When Chase is on the field, Burrow still has Boyd and Higgins, and if those guys are running open, they're catching the ball and they're scoring. So I think next year is really going to be the year where we're like, okay, this Jags team, this Trevor Lawrence Jags team is is good. And if it's not, then I panic because we're not going to be good for – the next decade again because we're gonna have to sit around wait for quarterback if trevor's not him but um from what i'm seeing so far these last few weeks trevor's been getting really better and it's it's pretty refreshing to see so despite the three and seven record i'm positive how much of a difference was i mean you guys have talked about doug and coming in and cleaning shit up and, you know, actually acting like a real football team. I mean, like, from your perspective, has that, has him alone been the, been like the driver of the culture change and just looking like a real football team again? Um, or, or was it something else? Uh, I, I guess you could credit Doug because he did bring in a whole new coaching staff. I don't think there's many from Urban's that are still there. Uh, Shad Khan hired Doug and he brought in all his people from retirement, from his retirement. But uh, early in the season, was questioning Doug because he was passing the ball a lot. <clears throat> he wasn't really running. And us Jags fans, you know, we know James Robinson. We were mad last year when Urban was getting Carlos Hyde, all the touches in uh, James Robinson. And then he ended up getting hurt later in the year. Um, and then we had ETN, who we got to see this year. And when he got his touches, he was doing incredible with them. He was averaging five to 11 yards a carry per game when he was getting his touches early in the season. But Doug kept wanting to pass the ball. So lately, now that we're here in week 11, uh, we see that Doug traded James Robinson. Uh, so now we know it was probably because he just wanted to see uh, which of the running backs, you know, if if Travis Etienne was even going to be the guy, because that wasn't Doug's draft pick, but uh, Urban did good with that pick. So Doug got rid of James Robinson because he's coming off that injury, and he just said, hey, Jets, I, the Brees Hall injury kind of, you know, I think helped Doug make that decision because the Jets were desperate and needed a running back. So he dumped James Robinson. He's rolling with ETN now. And now we have the Trevor ETN duo. But I think early in the season, Doug really wanted to give Trevor those passing repetitions. And it was pissing off a lot of Jacks fans because we wanted to see the run game. Um, but, and Trevor was making a lot of mistakes. So when he was making all those mistakes, Jackson was like, what is Doug doing, man? You have these running backs, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But now in hindsight, I'm thinking he passed so much because he wanted Trevor to learn from all the things that he didn't learn last season. And I think it's working because like I said, he's looking a lot better. So uh, Doug knows better than us. So we're fans. We're going to criticize all the decisions that the coaches make, but Doug's definitely been, you know, a good help to this team. And it's the main reason why us Jags fans have any ounce of hope for 2023. You named a lot of players. There was one guy in here, uh, Evan Ingram. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not fuck with him? I fuck with him. I mean, Giants fans were telling us how much he drops passes with that. I haven't seen that man drop a pass yet this season. Uh, but he's he's been like a good safety target for, for Trevor. Uh, I also didn't mention Marvin Jones because he's been pretty quiet this season. He was like the main guy last year, but now we haven't really heard anything from him because we got Kirk. And Kirk went from wide receivers uh, three on the Cardinals to the main guy on our team. But, yeah, Evan Ingram's been good, too. I know you Giants fans don't like him that much, though. Some some might, but you probably just wanted him to see. Uh, you wanted him to see how he's playing with us, with y'all. 
I mean, like, listen, like he, him and Kadarius Tony just didn't want to play well on the Giants, and then they go to a new team and they're these coveted first round picks that they once were. So I, I get it. Do you th- do you think the coaching staff of the Giants just didn't give them enough time though? Well, like you mentioned Tony, how Tony hurt. Yeah, I mean Tony was hurt, but you mentioned like it all depends on the coaching staff. Like that wasn't uh uh Joe Shones and um Dable's draft pick. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like get their guys in, get their reps in, get the people that fit their system. Like Wandell Robinson, I mean he's been hurt this year, but he took over Tony's like, you know, quick sharp routes, slot receiver type mold and he's been doing fine. Yeah. But looking forward, like, I mean, I'm not going to count the season just out yet because, you know, the AFC South is a trash division, but top five draft pick. For the Jags? Yeah. I can see it. I think we're five right now. Hmm. So. I think we're exactly five right now. (laughs) Check check Tankathon. Tankathon. So yeah, Jacksonville's I mean, five on Tank Jacksonville's five. five. Yeah. So I, I don't know all the players that are going to be in the draft yet. And we're, even though we watch a lot of college football, but position that you're drafting at number five. Uh, saw a mock draft for Will Anderson out of Bama. Because hmm. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker haven't looked too good recently. But you had a guy like Will Anderson there. You have a nice three guys back there. It might cause some problems. I don't know. But definitely, we need a pass rusher. We need we need to beef up our D-line, and we need a secondary because we're getting thrown all over the field on defense. Patrick Holmes is just making it look easy on it. He can do that with anybody, but we had Matt Ryan throw 400 yards on us. So. And now Matt Ryan's not even a starter. And then he, then he got benched, and then Jeff Saturday came in and started him again. So, yeah, we uh, – we took mostly defensive players in this past draft. So we have a very young defense, but our secondaries got veterans and those guys need to go except for Tyson Campbell. He's, he's like year three, but definitely, definitely defense. And O-line hasn't been horrible this season for us, but it's always good to get an offensive lineman too. Apparently our rookie center has been like really good, but you don't hear about centers being good in the NFL, they're not really the position that anybody talks about unless you're a, a football analyst. All right, like a center is someone that if you know their name, they probably did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but Jags historically have had good centers. Like we had uh, Brad Easter and Brandon Linder. So we've had good centers, but maybe Luke Fortner the next. Interesting. But I, uh, I can only see maybe two or three wins left. On our schedule, and I can't even say that with confidence because we uh, we keep finding ways to lose. Better luck next year. Yeah, gonna take a thought is funny. I, I haven't next I year. Haven't heard of next year, man, that's all we got. That's all I'm giving. What's the over under on the year that the Jags move to London? London. I don't know. I think the owner really likes uh, likes the team in Florida. But they have those games in London because all those fans sell it out. <laughs> um, but I wonder, sometimes I wonder if that'll ever happen because I know Roger Goodell wants to move to a lot of games internationally next year because when they do, there's not a seat that's empty in those stadiums. I mean, what just fun. happened at Allianz Arena where yeah, they're the singing the game was wild. Yeah. It's- it's crazy. You don't even get that here. It's nuts. I know. <laughs> like you're you got only... guys drinking pitchers of beer at this world-renowned soccer stadium, and they're there because they want to see Tom Brady throw five touchdowns. It's right. wild stuff. I don't even know they liked American football over there like that. It's crazy. It's so nuts. I am very happy they did that. Um, but I don't know. Prayers, prayers of the Jags stay in Jacksonville. I gotta say my over under. I'm gonna say ten years. Ten years. <laughs> All right. I'll take. What's the your under. take the under? With Trevor here. Because <laughs> Trevor, the... if Trevor, 
if Trevor is good, then he's going to be around for a little bit. But if he's not good, that could fast track them to get the hell out of this country. But he's got two more seasons on his rookie deal. Yeah. Three, three, if they pick it up. I don't know. I don't know. Doug, Doug Trevor might be a thing for a little bit. It's going to be like Andy Reid and Mahomes. Yeah. I'm going to take the over. <laughs> I'm taking the over. Over 10 years for me. Um, All right. Well, we'll check back in 2032. <laughs> see, Hopefully Spotify see where, doesn't take it down. See where the Jags are at. <laughs> All right. Um, next segment is uh, contenders and pretenders. We've been doing it on the show. Basically, we take a bubble team. We say, all right, this person or this team's a contender. This team's a pretender. Give a quick little hit as to why. Uh, Will, you want to go first? You got anything good? I mean, back to back weeks, I'm going Vikings as my contender. Uh, I think they're a legit team, and Kirk Cousins might have some juice in him. I think the once you once you give a man shirtless and throw some ice on his neck, he's got some confidence. And uh, after a game like last week. I like them. I like the Vikings. They might be the worst, the worst, best team in the league, to be completely honest. But I think that they'll they'll make a run in the NFC. So that's my contender. My pretender are the Eagles frauds? No. Um, <laughs> my, be one hell of a claim. I don't think the Titans are that good. I really don't think the Titans are that good. I think they're a one-trick pony with Derrick Henry. And once like Ryan Tannehill comes back healthy, like what kind of controversy they're going to have with him and uh, Malik. So I, I think they're, they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're a first round exit. Hmm. I, I like it. I like it. Um, all right. I'll, I'll hop in here. Um, who is pretending? I still think the Packers are frauds, even with a big win. Um, over the Cowboys in overtime. I think they're pretending. I think their next couple of weeks, the Titans might give them some crap, actually, though. That's this is such an interesting game this upcoming week because it's like actually that's Thursday night football. Yeah, that's Packers. We're gonna find it's that tomorrow. out. Yeah. God damn, I don't know who to take for this one. I think I think Titans defense is underrated, and if Rodgers isn't on his shit like he was in this past game, then Titans could sneak out a win like they frequently do with these teams. Yeah. I will say, I think I'm going to retroactively say this. Whoever wins this game is my contender of the week, and whoever loses it is my pretender. (laughs) (laughs) You think if Packers win this game, they're back in position to make the playoffs in the NFC? I think they, what's their record now? Four and six, it should be. It's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. And they've got the Eagles the week after. Then they've got the Bears, Rams, Dolphins, and Lions on the schedule. They're right in the, they're right off the bubble right now. That's the thing. Yeah. Like the 49ers hold the seventh position at five and four. Then the Mm -hmm. commies are five and five. And then the Packers are four and six. The commies. 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 Which are they? Are they contenders? I think the commanders are frauds. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like rather have God, everybody's a fraud this year. That's my issue. Like, I don't think anyone's good except the Eagles, and even they just lost. I think the Bills have some suspect losses, like to the Jets. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, I love how Ron Verrera that was like, yeah. Next week, I don't know who the starter is. Like Carson, yeah, Carson what? Wentz is not the guy. He's not. I hope he doesn't. I thought Taylor Heineke beating the Eagles solidified him as a starter going forward. I thought Taylor Heineke almost Great. beating the Bucks in the playoffs uh, last year was, hey, we have something. <laughs> Guess not. Guess not. <laughs> I feel bad for I Carson Wentz. I think it's he's because like top of the round. I think it's because he didn't really play a full season. So they're like, eh, we don't really know about this guy, but we'll keep him on the roster. Yeah. I feel that. Paid pennies on the dollar. So it's like, why not? Yeah. It's a crappy trade for a crappy quarterback. Um, Eric, you have any contender or pretender that comes to mind? Um, 
contender, Seahawks. They've been doing pretty well, but I don't think it translates to the playoffs, um, which is sad to say, man. I'm, I'm really, I've been, it's been really exciting watching the Seahawks play with Geno Smith, like they are in the rookie running back. But I just don't think they go that far in the playoffs if they make it. You know, they could still go on a losing streak and all that good stuff. But um, Seahawks pretenders at six and four now, I think. Six and four. Just lost in Germany. Um, and they're a pretty healthy team all around the board. They still have their quarterbacks, still have their running backs, still got Metcalf, Lockett. I think they're still pretty healthy, but how you you shouldn't be losing at the Bucks if you're ascending as the Seahawks are. So um contender. I'm not gonna pick an obvious one. Um I think the Niners are a contender. I like that one. Um Christian Caffrey was a good pickup. Uh it's just it's weird to me when the Niners lose. You have so many weapons. Like they lost last who they play last week? I don't remember the Niners them played the uh they're five and four. They beat the Chargers by six. Okay. There was a game recently that they lost that they should have won. But I think – so when Trey Lance got hurt – Oh, it was the Falcons. That was bad. Yeah, that that was bad. I, especially after you see the Falcons play the Panthers on Thursday night, I'm like, what? How? I don't know. But when the Falcons – when the 49ers lose, I get mad because they're stacked all around. But – um. I didn't understand when Trey Lance was out for the year and some 49ers fans were mad that Jimmy Garoppolo had to start. Like, he literally got you to the NFC Championship last year. Beat Rodgers again. Um, he's not a horrible quarterback. He's just average. But he's good enough to win you games, just like Kirk Cousins. He got them but, to the Super Bowl a couple yeah. years yeah. ago. <laughs> like... Yeah, against the Chiefs. Um, but if my contender plays Will's contender in the Vikings, I'm taking the Niners all day. So, uh, especially with Christian McCaffrey, man, that game where he threw, caught, and ran for one, and you have Debo and Kittle on your team, how are you not beating everybody's ass? I don't understand. But what but are you taking for quarterbacks, though? Kirk Cousins or or Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, I'm taking Jimmy, but... I honestly would, too. Because if you put Jimmy with like the wide receiver talent that that Kirk has, like you put him with Jeff, like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just do not trust Kirk Cousins deep in a playoff run like I would with Jimmy because Jimmy's shown it. Kirk, he got to do more. He got to do more. He got to do more. This this is the year to show it because you're eight and one, eight and one, crazy. Kirk Cousins is eight and one. So everyone's expecting everything from you this season. Can you do it now? You know, you got the Kirk Cousins playing in primetime joke running around. Playoff games are in primetime usually. So can you show out? Or are you just going to be a dominant player at 1 p.m.? So we'll see. But I'm I'm always high on the Niners until they don't, until they show me they're not that good. So I got Niners. I took pretender and contender from the same division, but that's who I got. But I agree with you on the Titans, but they're in such a trash division that they're just going to win the division every year. They're one of those that, like, they always sneakily win a monster game, too. And that just happened against the Chiefs. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, 14 and a half point favorites at home. Of course I'm going to take the Chiefs. Oh, this is the game where the Titans decide to be good. Yeah, Yeah, and they they almost beat the Chiefs with Malik Willis. So I don't know how the Titans do this coaching, I guess. But um, Tannehill's stealing money right now, but that's Derrick Henry's team. It is. It literally is Derrick. I mean, they're going to have the quarterback controversy come the end of the season. And, I mean, I don't think Ryan Ryan Tannehill, who takes on that contract, I don't know. He might be a very expensive paperweight backup like Jimmy G. But then Jimmy G gets the opportunity when Malik Willis starts, uh, when uh, Trey Lance gets hurt. So who knows? 
Yeah. But all right, so that's contenders and pretenders. And I guess we'll we'll swing it over to the other football, which we talked about a little bit before, but breaking news, you're heading to Qatar. Yes, I am. So I won I won this World Cup trip at my charity's NFL draft party auction. So I'm putting a bid on my own events. So what it included was two tickets to a World Cup game, flight, and hotel. And the guy that threw this draft party was donating the trip because he was already going. So I guess he had, you know, extra uh, tickets to a game and then he just paid for the flights and the hotels out of using his miles and stuff like that. He travels a lot and has miles to book all these things. So Humble brag, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that got booked just two and a half weeks ago, I think. Uh, and I won the trip in April. So he, he took a while to book it. Uh, I still don't have it completely booked. Like I have my flight out there. I have my flight back to Chicago, but I don't have my flight back from Chicago to Jacksonville. So <laughs> still incomplete, but we're, we're at least know we're going and we have somewhere to stay when we get there. Uh, but we don't have, because what they're doing is giving out these passes called Hia cards and you need the Hia card have to be approved to get into the country um, because I guess that's just their security that they're doing this year. But still waiting for that to get approved. I'm going with my girlfriend, so we both need to get it approved. There's still a lot to be done and we're leaving Sunday. <laughs> we, need, <laughs> we need our, uh, we have to take photocopies of our IDs and passports just in case like they get stolen or lost. Um, but I don't have the World Cup tickets yet. I don't have the flight to Qatar for the game yet. I'm staying in Dubai, but because um, I wanted to, I didn't want to stay in Qatar because no. there's, there's way more things to do in Dubai. So we're staying in Dubai and traveling to Qatar, which is like a 45 minute flight or something. But the thing I'm confused about is if my time zones are messed up here, but the, we're going to USA, England, supposed to be. I don't want to say we are until it's booked. That's how I am. Like, <laughs> mentally. Um, like I didn't even know I was going on this trip because nothing was booked yet until two and a half weeks ago. So he just randomly texted me like, flight's booked. I was like, all right, guess I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't even on my mind because, well, it was because I was like, damn, I have to tell my girlfriend so she can get the days off work but that was stressful but anyway what was i talking about um your uh, <laughs> situation <laughs> you're, you're, you're in dubai qatar. but you have to get the flight to qatar yeah. oh yeah the flight to qatar oh the game time so time USA, yeah. usa england is apparently at 2 p.m eastern and dubai i think is qatar and dubai are like eight or hours ahead yeah. I think Dubai's eight, maybe Qatar's less, but who kicks a game off at 10 p.m.? Like a soccer game at 10 p.m.? Um, because the heat. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But if we're coming back after the game, are there even going to be flights out of Qatar at midnight? So that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the logistics that I'm still confused about because I haven't talked to the guy that's booking this for me about that, but um, if I end up missing the USA England game, I'm not going to be upset. That's going to be a pedestrian hell, probably. Uh, but that's that's my worry right now. Is like if they're doing this game at 10 p.m. their time zone, where are the flights going to go? Because there's hardly any flights in the U.S. that leave LA. So I wonder over there if they're upping their uh, flights availability out there, but who knows? I haven't looked into it, but not gonna worry about it. If I get there, I get there. If I don't, I don't. But they have I lovely don't... tents outside of the stadium that are like eight hundred bucks. That's the economy uh, housing right now. The little cot in a tent. I did see that post from Barstool today about the the tents out there. Was that outside of the stadiums, or was that just in the city? That's like outside the stadiums, yeah. Interesting. And those were eight hundred. Say, I, I'm looking at the current departures, and 
it looks like every night the last one out to Dubai is like around 10 o'clock and the next one in the morning is at like nine. So, so I don't know. Good luck to you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's like you're sleeping in a cot. Who knows? I'll be sleeping on a floor. I'll be sleeping in the desert. Something. Because <laughs> how many people are traveling from Dubai to go to these games? I wonder if there's even going to be availability. So. I don't know. Like but, is that a dumb question? No boat. A boat? Mm. Yeah. You I could take one so. probably, but I don't know who's who's taking it. Yes. Yeah. Unless it was a private, you know, yacht. That's about it. Dubai's but, nice. You'll enjoy Dubai. You were just there, weren't you? Yeah, a couple months ago. It was hot as fuck, but it was it was cool. Yeah, you went you went on a hot month. It's yeah. still gonna be hot, but it won't be as hot as when we went. So, but I mean, have you thought about like, I mean, it seems like you're more going on a vacation rather than doing some content, but have you seen the shit about just like videography and drinking and having a woman by your side, like in Qatar? I really thought about that because I don't even have a flight to Qatar. (laughs) (laughs) This guy might not be going to Qatar. (laughs) Um. But I, I looked at that stuff for Dubai, but Dubai seems like it's pretty like laid back and Americanized. So I think those rules that you're mentioning are just for Qatar. So mm-hmm. um, until I know I'm going, I'm not really worried about it. But I have seen things where they said they're not going to sell alcohol during the games or like even in the stadium or near the stadium. And they're going to sell it three hours before the kickoff and one hour after kickoff is what I saw um I didn't see anything about photography I saw something that you're not allowed to film other people but I didn't see anything about the actual game or yourself is there a rule I'm not sure it's like Dubai wasn't too bad I mean there was a couple times I was stopped because like I have like the big DSLR camera and they were just like don't shoot at these buildings because they're like government buildings so like right. I I definitely panicked a little bit because I'm like oh shit like that's the last thing I need is a free trip to turn into a ten thousand dollar prison fine, yeah. uh, but Qatar I think it's just like yeah the public it's the whole shooting people in public not physically shooting but video and photo. Gotcha. Damn, I wonder like how, I wonder if they even have enough officials to monitor right. all the people that'll be there on game day. It's like, a big you- show. How do you how do you stop people from filming? Like that's a natural thing now, especially with all the tourists that are going to come into the World Cup. How do you stop the outsiders who are always on their phone that don't know your country's rules from filming content that they want to share with the rest of the world? They're Good just luck. afraid that like people are going to like paint Qatar like a shitty country. But I mean, well, I mean, why do they care? No one's going there after the World Cup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then with the alcohol too, I mean, you're not going to be falling on any uh, Casamigos on this trip. Oh yeah, definitely not. It's all I drink now, so that's that's unfortunate. But maybe I'll try some Middle Eastern liquor. It's probably better anyway. Um, but yeah, I haven't really thought about the uh, Qatar stuff yet. Well, we we hope you make it. Um, take yeah. lots of things safely. Uh, never we'll never flown across the Atlantic yet, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's, oh, a, it's an exhilarating experience. It is. Um, yeah, can't wait long, to sit Mary. Long <laughs> flight. Long flight. Where's yours direct? You're connecting uh, in Ethiopia, right? Yeah, I'm connecting <laughs> Africa. I was, yeah, I was direct Boston to Dubai. It was like 16 hours. God. <laughs> <laughs> Not full. I on the way there, I slept like most of it because it was overnight and I had like six, seven hours left. I was like, okay, that's fine. On the way back, 16 hours straight up. Ooh. I watched I watched the entire Harry Potter series. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Did you did the entire Harry Potter series go the length of the flight or no? Just about. I had like 30 minutes to spare at the end. That's Man. honestly a pretty good way to to kill it. Though. It was it was great. I've never watched him consecutively, so it was <laughs> it was cool. I wonder I might have to do that. Or Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Lord of the Rings would uh 
only get me about nine hours probably. Are you flying Emiratis? I wish. There was a, I wonder what he, he has United points. So he used United points to book us. So we're on a United partner airline. But when I went to look at flights out of Chicago myself, there was directs from Chicago to Dubai on Emirates. So uh, is it Emirates or Emirates? Emirates. Emirates. Emirates, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know. But My pronunciation's crap, so it's all good. I know I know that airline is like the top one for flying international, but no, we're on uh, Ethiopian Airlines. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I looked it up though. Apparently it's like the top rated African airline though, but we'll see. I bought I bought premium uh, seats, just extra legroom, because I don't want to be in case their planes aren't comfortable. I wanted the leg space because I'm not trying to be on a 16 hour flight slammed against the window. Oh, yeah, like, you, you'll definitely need that. Just thinking about that. Oh my god. Um, yeah, <clears throat> even Delta's uh, planes aren't even comfortable. I flew American back from Kansas City, and American had plenty of leg room in their regular seats. I'm like. Delta, get your shit together. Americans <laughs> a great airline. Um, I know you're a Delta guy, but uh, Mar- uh, yeah. yeah, American. I mean, they didn't have TVs on the back of their yeah seats, but they did have this, the leg space. Yes, they do. Um, on a serious note, too, uh, just talking about the uh, the trip to Qatar and how that happened. Uh, head on Youth Impact. You've been doing a lot with. With your charity, um, what does Head On do, and how important is the work you're doing? Uh, obviously, you've had a lot of the NFL guys sign uh, shoes for you. What sort of impact are you guys having in the community, and um, and and how can other people get involved? So, Head On Youth Impact raises money for children in right now local hospitals here in Jacksonville, a couple of children's hospitals, Wolfson's Brooks, which is a rehabilitation center, and we're trying to expand into more hospitals here. It's just, you know, starting conversations and getting people to learn about us in the community. But my business partner who started, who founded the charity, he was in one of these hospitals as a patient over the holidays years ago. I think it was 2015 or 16. So once he got out, after he was like restored and fully recovered, he made it his mission to raise money for those kids that now spend their Christmases in the hospital like he once did. So um, he was doing that for four years before he contacted me to help him raise money last year. Um, And how he started it was by raffling off an extra game ticket to a Jags game out in Seattle because we were both going to it. So we marketed it as a game day experience with myself and we just sold raffle tickets for anybody to come and win it and join me out there. So we raised $2,000 doing that. And after we did that, um, we only brought one person for that one. So we decided to do it again for another Jags road game. So we did it for the Jags Patriots game, which was in January this year, where we got creamed 50 to 10. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for that one, we brought out two people because we're like, and it's kind of weird just having one person out here and then having to fly by themselves. So let's do it so they can bring a guest now. So for the Patriots game, we brought two people out and that trip raised four grand. So in total, we raised six grand just doing that off a whim for two of those games. So this year he came to me and said, let's go official with this and start a 5013C charity. And we did. And our first event this year was that NFL draft that I mentioned where we had the live auction that was put on by the guy that threw the party uh he threw um the same nfl draft party in cleveland the year before that um and he found out we did this charity he was looking for a charity to be the beneficiary of this auction so he chose us so that was that was just a great connection to have uh for our first event and that auction raised 30 grand so we were ecstatic that we raised 30 grand and our very first event as a charity. So after that, we planned out what the rest of the raffles would be for this year. Cause you know, we love doing the raffles cause we love to travel the game. So we did the Jaguar season opener. 
We did the London Jags game. So we sent two fans out there. Then we did a winner's choice one where the winner got to choose any NFL game that they wanted to go to. <clears throat> and that person chose the Kansas City game that just happened um, versus Jacksonville. So I met the guy out there who uh, won that trip. So, um, and then also, aside from the NFL stuff, I'm trying to do more local things in the community with other small businesses. So um, I reached out to a donut shop here and a cupcake shop here and uh, told them about what we do and how we can collaborate and if we can split proceeds on like some of your items and stuff like that. So uh, we did that for a couple of local businesses here and raised about $1,200 between those two campaigns. Um, and then now we're doing this um, shoe campaign that you're seeing on social media where we have these uh, players that are painted on these Nike shoes, um, the NFL Draft 22 uh, rookie shoes. And uh, this was a, a big goal of ours, but we wanted to get them all signed by the player that's painted on the shoe. So the first one we got signed was Kenny Pickett. And we got those signed because we DM'd, like we DM'd everybody we could to see if they had a connection to these players. Um, but Kenny Pickett's was the main one that we got done because his girlfriend replied to us and said, hey, He'd love to do this. Uh, we tried to get it during preseason, but she was like, uh, he'll probably be too slammed during preseason. So uh, just mail him to us and we'll mail him back. I was like, mail him? Okay. So we mailed him to the Steelers practice facility. I wrote attention, colon, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> so I guess, you know, it goes to the front desk and they put it in Kenny Pickett's locker or whatever. And I wrote a little note saying, yo, Kenny, this is head on youth effects. Take a picture, send it back to us, blah, blah, blah. This is what we're doing with the money. So that was the first shoe we got signed. And the second one we got signed was uh, week one, Trayvon Walker came. We were sitting row one at the commander's game. And Trayvon Walker came over to us after the game and signed him. And he looked pretty sad after his first loss in the NFL, but he still came over and signed him, which was dope. Um, so now we have six more to get signed. I think the next one is going to be Aiden Hutchinson when the Jags go play Detroit. We've been talking to his mom, so she's been all on board, so we know those are definitely getting signed by Aiden, so that'll be cool. Um, and what we're doing with the money from that specific campaign is buying shoes for uh, underprivileged kids. Um, what we wanted to do originally was use the money to help the communities that the player was on, so like the money we raised for Steelers helped, you know, Pittsburgh community, uh, Detroit helped the Detroit community. But, you know, we're still playing with the idea, but I think we might only do that for the ones that actually get signed. Um, so we can just use the rest for our immediate community. So those are the projects we've been working on this year. And I've never done anything with my platform like uh, this charitable. So uh, when my partner, Chris, came to me last year and said, do you want to do this? I was like, heck yeah, let's see what we can do. And when we had the immediate success, I was all on board to continue doing it. So it's just cool to, to see everybody, uh, you know, be uh, charitable and uh, seeing kids' faces light up from the impact you're making in their lives. Because, you know, I couldn't imagine being in a hospital over the holidays and stuff like that. So when we did the toy delivery last year it was great to see and the parents are crying and excited for them so uh, the last thing that we're doing is our toy drive this year we partnered with a law firm here in downtown Jacksonville that does this every year and once again just having that connection already they you know wanted a charity that could benefit from this toy drive so they chose us because they knew us already and you know last year they Got, they received like over a thousand toys and donations. So uh, we have around 11 businesses here that are setting up drop-off boxes and people can drop off unwrapped toys to those boxes until December 15th. And then there will be a toy drive tailgate on December 18th against the Cowboys. And they'll put all of the toys up on a stage outside this uh, Duval house that's outside of the stadium. And part of the toys will go to like one of the most underdeveloped neighborhoods in Jacksonville. They do this every year. It's Ken Knight drive. It's like one of the poorest neighborhoods in the city. So they give the toys out to those kids first. 
And then the rest of the toys will come to our charity, which we get to distribute out to the hospitals that we, you know, do our toy drive for. So we'll do toy drive for the cancer hospital, uh, for the pediatric hospital, the rehabilitation hospital, and then any others that we choose. And our third board member lives out in Melbourne. So um, he's going to start focusing on his market down there and in Tampa. So um, we're also going to, you know, move more into other parts of Florida. But our main goal is to just keep making an impact and eventually expand into other communities and become a globally recognized nonprofit here. Whenever that happens, I don't know. But I like what we're doing so far, and I'm excited to keep trying new things to, you know, see how this nonprofit space works, because this is all new to us, and we're just learning as we go and tweaking things, and it's been pretty fun journey so far, so I'm excited to keep doing it, but the way people can participate, if you're in Jacksonville, it's easy, you know, you can come to a, a local business, drop off a toy, uh, but if you're not in Jacksonville, you know, our raffles are open to anybody, because we do these online. And, you know, there's no blockage online for me doing anything. It just has to reach you. But uh, word of mouth helps. So if you're interested in going to any. So next year, the winner's choice raffle, we're doing any sport. So it's not just NFL. We're going to send people to any sport they want. So we're trying to open it up to more people. Um, but, you know, the money, all the money that's donated, even if you don't win, it goes to us, you know, any of these causes that we're that we're working on. So. That's how people can get involved with us. And uh, we finally got our website up, which is headonyouthimpact.org. So we have all our info there and we'll be putting the raffles up on there next year. And when we start raffling off the shoes, we'll put those on there as well. So um, it's just a work in progress and it's been pretty fun so far. That's awesome to hear. And I, I mean, I love how you were just like DMing the wives, girlfriends and moms for the uh, <laughs> signatures. I think awesome. that's a... <laughs> it's a great Eric Dunn touch right there. And it, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. The ladies like it. ladies like it, but um, it didn't work for everybody. Obviously. Um, like some of these guys are single and uh, the, the players especially don't open their DMS, um, but maybe I could have catfished them and it would have worked, but um, we haven't heard from several of them, but a couple of them know of their shoe, but, I think Kyle Hamilton of the Ravens, he wasn't able to because of some contracting that he has where he can't sign things. But um, if we don't get them all signed, that's fine. Um, that was just like our goal. But we're obviously going to put a timestamp on it. We're not just going to sit around with the shoes until we get the signature. But I um, think we're going to try to get them all signed um, or as much as we can by February. I think we're going to do at least a month after the football season ends because if the player doesn't make the playoffs then they should be more available and they might be easier to get in touch with so i think by february we're gonna cut it off and then we'll start amplifying the shoes again but i handpicked the players that are on the shoes i i didn't because we were originally going to do a shoe for all 32 of the first round picks but i'm glad we didn't that would have been a lot for the artist <laughs> but he already said these eight were a lot of work so 32 would have been crazy but um, I just tried to choose eight players that were going to be stars. Um, and I think so far they're doing pretty damn good right now. Maybe the most irrelevant one right now is Thibodeau, Kayvon. <laughs> wow. You know, we give you, we give you the opportunity to talk about the nice things you're doing and you're throwing ricochet shots. <laughs> Did kidding. he sign it? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He had Catching that. Uh, he had that uh, strip sack on Lamar, so I like that he did that because I was looking, I was waiting for uh, him to make a play this season. I've been watching my guys. You have to, you have to. So, I mean, that's this is just incredible stuff. And I mean, we'll we'll be this the we got your account. So once you guys start posting stuff, you know, we'll we'll channel we'll funnel it through our channels as well, and and we'll be supporting because uh, it's a cool it's a cool effort, and it's awesome to see how. You know, a guy we used to follow on Vine is now doing some pretty incredible stuff, helping people uh, in the local communities and around. So we applaud you for that. Yeah, no doubt, man. Got to keep it going. So now that it's Christmas time, obviously everyone's tuning into Mariah Carey. Are people tuning in? Are your listeners up from your Christmas songs? <laughs> oh, man. I haven't promoted it. 
usually I start promoting that November 1st, but I haven't even, haven't even thought of Christmas this year yet. Was it a very done Christmas or something? A merry done Christmas. Oh, it's a <laughs> I thought it was like a, a very merry done Christmas, but I mean, that would have been a, that would have been a better title, honestly, but I, um, I love Christmas music. So I made a Christmas album back in 2015, I think, but I can't sing anymore. So there won't be a part two coming because it was hard enough getting those songs out. Um, I was going to say perfect fundraising opportunity. Let's crowd. Let's, uh, let's fundraise for a part two. <laughs> Crowdfund for a new album. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to see, I'm going to have to see which songs I can do vocally for me. To do that. <laughs> I only did seven. It's only a seven track album. <laughs> but it a live, uh, you should do a what the hell is it? It's like the repri- uh, a reprise of uh, of Eat Yo Ass needs to come back. Um, yeah, people have been wanting other... a remix for that. Huh? I said people have been wanting a remix for that. I did a part two, but I deleted it because it was pretty uh, it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> well, when Elon brings back Vine and you're on his board, we'll have to uh, we'll, we'll expect oh. that. It's true. I do love them six second songs. Yeah. If he called you up like right now, would you, would you, and he said, Eric, like, listen, you killed it on Vine. I need you in the room. Would you do it? Be on the Vine board? Yes. As long as it didn't take too much of my time away from other shit, I'd jump on the Vine board. I think Elon, something tells me Elon would let you do that. Yeah, I think he would. I mean, he's the CEO of like 19 companies. I think he, <laughs> I think he appreciates people doing other shit. The thing about if Vine ever did come back, I don't think I don't think the six second thing would would stay around too long. Which, in in my opinion, if it's Vine, it can't be Vine without the six seconds. Like you can't you can't ruin what Vine was by not having a six second video platform because it's not Vine anymore. That's why it was Vine. It was six seconds. It was it was like nothing else that had ever been out there. So if you bring it back and you change it, it has to be called something else. Like when the owner of Vine tried to bring it back, but he called it Byte. Remember that? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yep. And Byte did not last very long, but it was short form video still. I don't think it was six seconds. It might have been 10, but Vine will never exist again because it can't it's gone and if you bring it back it has to be six seconds there's no if ands or buts about it that's the og platform and i don't want to see any of these updates like all these other platforms are doing like with instagram put stories on and everyone else started copying the stories that's fine but vine died at six seconds well they upped it to like 15 but still People remember it for its very short six second. Like if you look on TikTok, I'm sure you come across TikToks where people in the comments are saying Vine energy here. We have like a, a crossover of generations on TikTok. We have the generation that watched TikTok in their teens and the people that are on TikTok now weren't even, didn't even have smartphones yet or knew what they were. Um, so it's just funny to see the generations older now because Vine happened like, 10 years ago so and that's crazy to even say but like when people were watching vines that are younger than me they were like 14 15 16 because i was 19 20 21 when i was doing vine so the people that watched me were the way younger kids um that were just graduating or not graduating but just starting high school and sophomores and stuff like that or even in middle school, people were watching Vines. So the people that, you know, are blowing up TikTok now, they have no idea what Vine was because those people were like four and five years old. And now they, they're they they're older now and all they know is TikTok. So it's just funny because I'm like 30 next year and I've seen the uh, internet, you know, grow so fast in a decade. And people have no idea what Vine was. And I'm just like, I'm an OG out here. It's unbelievable. Bring back Vine. Go Jags. Good luck uh, in Qatar. I hope you get there. Uh, I know. 
Dubai. Fan. I yes. I do not I do not mind missing Qatar. Trust me. Well, it might be safe in Dubai then. <laughs> have a great time in Dubai. Hope you have an excellent week. Um, Thank you. True. Good stuff. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. You boys enjoy your night. Titans are winning tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> And that was just Eric Dunn, friend of the program, Hall of Fame guest. The guy does it all. I mean, it's been awesome getting to know him over the over the past few years and what he's doing with Head On Youth Impact. Head On Youth Impact is just incredible. So, you know, check out their stuff. We'll be posting the content and all of the giveaways that he's doing. And uh, we wish him luck in Qatar. And hopefully we can stay his friend and he comes back alive but it made it made it seem like he's gonna be chilling in dubai and just skip the (laughs) he might just skip the world cup stuff yeah i was gonna say that took a a very interesting turn wow (laughs) i mean that's just such i love how he's just like he's leaving sunday and the logistics are not set up going to the middle east is not easy (laughs) yes i was gonna say like i'd even be uncomfortable if i was traveling domestically and didn't have that set up you're going to the middle east I was, I mean, I, when I went, it was, the planning was not, again, someone else was doing the planning for me, but there was so much stuff that you have to like ensure. And I'm not sure what their like COVID laws are now, if they lifted anything, but that shit wasn't easy either. That's a very good point. Like, what are the restrictions like? Vaccination, you had to get tested 48 hours before you have to get tested in country. Um, Good luck. It's a lot of wild shit. If there's anyone that can do it, it's, it's Eric, Eric v. Dunn. It is Eric V. Effingdon, um, the curator of everybody's favorite song, Eat Yo Ass, and A Merry Dunn Christmas, which I'm going to listen to once we're done recording here. Um, he I does. Listening to, I was listening to it earlier today. Um, yeah, he does some classics Santa yeah. Baby, My Parents Are Santa Claus. Um, he does the Jingle Bell Rock. Uh, and White Christmas and a few others. Got good stuff. Um, no free ads, though. So Eric will be <laughs> collecting uh, our royalties. Yes, we'll get our royalties for that. Um, that's our show. Thanksgiving's next week. So we will do an earlier drop. Not sure when, but we will have an earlier drop next week. And that's it. That's Will and I'm Jake. So long, everybody. Take it easy. Take it easy.